Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, on that note, welcome to Darty's Disciple. As always, I'm your host, Justin. And another must-win game for North Carolina this time going to Florida State, who has really struggled this year. They're not a very good team. This is possibly the worst uh, Florida State team I've seen in probably 20 years. It's crazy how bad they have done. I know they've had some injuries. I know they had a few people leave after last year. That was kind of surprising. They still got Leonard Hamilton as their head coach, who's one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion. I think if you make a top 10 list, I feel like he should be on it. They also have a very tough environment playing down there in Tallahassee. Playing at Florida State's always a very tough place to play. Carolina has fared well there. They have lost some games. They have won some games. A lot of the games they have won have been close. They've had a couple buzzer beaters. Um, Florida State's coming off of a huge comeback win the other day. Carolina's coming off of a huge win against Virginia. You know, in a must-win situation, it was kind of weird how this one was going to fare. But luckily, Carolina comes away with an 11-point win to improve to 19-11. and 11. Uh, Carolina was up by 18 and the uh, at halftime. And the lead was cut to single digits there in the second half. Leaky Belak made an incredible dunk that kind of just kind of sealed the win. You know, kind of uh, put a statement on the victory. Possibly the his best offensive play of his career. Probably the one play that you'll kind of look back and say, wow, that was a great Leakey's best play. And also maybe if Carolina can end up making a run this year, maybe if they can end up making a run to the tournament or making a run in the tournament also, maybe that's a play that you look back on and you go, hey, that was the play that started it. That was the play that kind of helped this Carolina team believe that they could actually win. You know, you look back at the 2005 team when they won the national title, you know, I think it was – the shot that really made them believe, the play that really made them believe was believe was Marvin Williams' putback against Duke, you know, in the last game of the regular season. So maybe this was the play. Maybe this was the the moment. Maybe this is what this team's been waiting for. Uh, they got out to a huge lead, made a lot of threes in the first half. It was just looking really good, man, looking like it was going to be a blowout. And then in the second half, you know, Armando Baycott just – not getting anything going offensively, which Florida State's a huge team, and Florida State's a great defensive team. They're struggling this year, but their defense is still great. So Baycott doesn't really do much, which might have played him out of his ACC Player of the Year, uh, where I think he was favored to win coming into this game, really. But now I'm not so sure. But Carolina was making threes in the first half. Second half, they kind of struggled with the threes, which is why 
becomes a close game. You can say live and die by the three. I don't think this Carolina team really does that. I do know they shoot a lot of threes sometimes, but a lot of the threes are open. They're not, they don't really take too many bad threes. You know what I'm saying? Like usually teams that live by the three, die by the three are teams that make a lot of, or teams that shoot a lot of bad threes. This team does not shoot a lot of bad threes. I feel like they take a lot of open threes. It's just, they're not making them. And when they do make them, they look great. Such as the first half of this game. Um, They looked pretty good for a solid part of the Virginia game last game. So maybe they are turning the corner. Maybe now that it's basically do or die. Maybe this team only plays good in do or die situations. You know, last year, the whole run throughout the regular season, the whole run in the tournament was basically, hey, do or die. You know, you got to, you got to win or you're out of the tournament. And I think maybe that helped them. And maybe now that they're in that same position, it's helping them a little bit, but looking at the stats, Carolina only shot 43% for the game. Uh, Florida State actually shot 41%. Carolina did make 14 to 29 threes, which was 48%, and that's that's the game right there. I mean, that's that's the win. I mean, if Carolina can shoot that, if any team shoots that good from three, they're going to win, but Carolina specifically needs to shoot good from three to win just for the simple fact that, you know, they don't have great, they don't have great, uh, inside game you know Baycott can do good at times but I don't think you know he really gets the ball enough you know what I'm saying like and they can't really get him the ball enough which Florida State does a great job of holding people out for that Carolina shot okay from the free throw line 17 to 24 they did win the rebound margin by eight uh Florida State was only three of 15 from three you know, Florida State, when they're a great team under Leonard Hamilton, is when they're making threes because they also like to play on the inside. So that really helped Carolina. Carolina had nine offensive rebounds. 15 assists on 23 made shots is incredible. That's got to be like a percentage-wise, that's got probably a season high for Carolina. So that's looking good. Uh, Carolina with five steals, uh, 14 turnovers for Carolina, only eight for Florida State. That's one team this team – one thing this team – can't quite figure out is how to force turnovers. Um, Carolina really honestly doesn't turn the ball over that much. The sad part is when they do turn the ball over, it's usually a steal or an offensive foul. They don't ever really just throw the ball out of bounds or just kind of lose the ball out of bounds. It's either it gets stolen from them and led, leads to an early, you know, a simple basket for the other team or Carolina just turns it over with a, a foul. So Carolina, the turnovers is always a question mark. 14 is a little high. You want it to be closer to 10. You also want to force more than 10 turnovers. Carolina, a lot of games does not do that. And Florida State with only eight turnovers. But really the key to this game was shooting threes. You saw it in the first half. And Carolina is making threes like that. They're a top 10 team like everybody thought they were going to be. They're a team that everybody thought would be in Houston. When they're not making threes, such as in the second half, now all of a sudden you're back to – Holy crap, this is going to be a close game. Holy crap, this is, you know, can we win? Florida State's got the momentum. Florida State's got the crowd behind them. Luckily, Carolina did hold out, and you got to look at Leaky Black, who was the savior in this game, made some big plays, the huge dunk. That's what you want from your fifth-year fifth senior. And also, you know, the commentators were talking Leaky Black up, saying, hey, he's playing his way into the NBA. There were scouts at this game. And I've said all along, I think Leaky Black might be Carolina's best uh NBA his best their best pro talent so I'm glad that the commentators are finally agreeing with me I'm glad you know maybe the scouts are agreeing with me and 
for Leaky to step up, basically saying, "Hey, I'm tired of losing. You know, we need to start winning. We're a good team. We should not be. We should not have a 19 and 11 record." And I don't blame it totally on the team. I still blame Hubert a little bit for poor coaching, horrible rotations, and honestly, just scheduling a tough schedule. This team never really had a tough schedule. I mean, you look at Charleston, who was Carolina's early season, one of Carolina's early season opponents they're going to be a top eight seed in the NCAA tournament. And that was supposed to be one of the cupcakes. So Carolina never really got to have the cupcake part of the season. As much as we hate Duke, as much as we hate, you know, Kentucky and some of these other teams that schedule a lot of cupcakes, they do it for a reason. They do it so your team can build, you know, continuity. So your team can get into a rhythm. So your team can get some confidence, which you kind of thought Carolina would have that coming off of a run to the championship game. But they didn't have it. And maybe it was because Pete Nance is replacing uh, Brady Manick and, you know, they're not the same style of player. So you got to kind of change up the offense a little bit. Maybe, you know, you're trying to get some of the bench players in. Now you never really got them a chance to get in, you know, because you never really had any cupcakes. You know, Roy Williams used to play the bench a lot in the early season. I mean, you can look back at one of the worst losses in Roy Williams' career, not points wise, but just to the caliber of a team, which was the home game to Wofford. You look back at that, he played a lot of the bench in that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he played a lot of the bench guys in that game to try to get the minutes. And he didn't care. I mean, I'm sure he cared about winning and losing. But he knew at the end of the year that losing that game wasn't going to matter that much because those players were going to get minutes. They were going to get experience. And these players on this bench never really got that. So, and I think you're starting to see that now because you can see the bench players are kind of lost when they get out there on the court. Um, and we'll go ahead and get into the individual stats now, and I'll kind of show you how those players kind of suffer a little bit. But you had Washington play four minutes, had one assist, two rebounds, 0 of 1 from 3. He's still struggling making the 3. I think he can make the 3. I think he's got great form. He looks great in practice. But he just can't seem to make it in the game. I did like that he had one assist. I like that he had two rebounds. He's starting to improve on that. But you can tell he's lost on defense, which is from not playing. Now, granted, he was hurt earlier in the year. He missed the first few weeks of the season. And he also, you know, missed a little bit of time in early January with a sprained ankle, I believe. So, but you still would have liked to see him get a little bit more playing time you know, up until this point. But then again, at the same time, he's like the one exception off the bench. Because then you turn around and look at Seth Trimble. Nine minutes, one assist, that was it. The dude still looks a little lost at times. He never really played early in the season. It wasn't until like December when you started saying, oh, there's Seth Trimble. And even then, now his playing time is back back being low. And it just sucks because you can see all the potential in the world in this guy. You can tell he's going to be a superstar point guard. I think he's going to be an All-American. I've said it a million times. I'm going to keep saying it, and I look forward to seeing what he's going to do in the next couple of years when Caleb Love and R.J. Davis are gone, which will be interesting to see if they both leave after this game, or after this year, I mean, because I do think there's a possibility at least one of them returns, which is R.J. Davis. But I also think there is a possibility Caleb Love comes back. But Trimble with a you know decent game, not minutes. Styles finally plays. Ten minutes, uh, four points, one rebound, uh, one to one from three. He's a guy all year where we've said, hey, why isn't he getting playing time? I thought he had a few minutes last year in the tournament, a few few minutes in the, the late season run. He looked good. He looked like the guy on the bench with the most potential last year, honestly. He's kind of been overtaken by Dunn a little bit, which Dunn didn't even play in this game. What has happened to Dunn's minutes? Styles still looks a little lost. Can't dribble. 
I'm not sure he really exactly knows what to be doing on offense. I think he just kind of knows, hey, go stand somewhere. If you get open, they'll pass you the ball, make the three. Or, hey, just slash to the lane. You know, maybe they'll pass you the ball and you can get a dunk. Or, hey, go get an offensive rebound. That's all he knows. I don't think he really knows what to do when he gets the ball. I don't think he really knows how to dribble either. I think he's a decent defender. Looks like he's a pretty good rebounder. Definitely athletic. Definitely can get some dunks. Definitely can get some rebounds. Didn't get any. Didn't get any of this game though. But no, he did have one rebound. I'm sorry, but I don't know. It just seems like he he should be playing. Why is he not playing? Why does he not play? You have Dunn getting his minutes, I guess. Which Dunn's looked okay, but why can't Styles get minutes too? And really, this team is built weird too. And I don't know if it's. I don't. I, it's gonna be interesting to see what Hubert does as a head coach. And I keep saying this because. This team is just built very weird. You have two point guards starting, Davis and Love, and you have Love who basically just never wants to go out of the game. So you kind of always have one of them out there. So you don't really need a backup point guard. Um, You start two centers, really, uh, Nance and Baycott. So you don't really need a backup big, I guess. And then you kind of have Leaky Black who can play anywhere from the small forward to the center position. So you almost don't even... You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a weird, it's a weird makeup for a team. It's a weird makeup for a starting lineup to where you almost don't even need a bench. And then when you do, it's kind of like who even plays. It's just very weird. Uh, The only other bench player that played in this game was Puff Johnson. Four points, one rebound, one of three from three. Another solid game from Puff. He got in a little bit of foul trouble, picked up three fouls, which is why I think Styles played a little bit more. Um, and I think that's maybe – I don't understand why Dunn didn't play. I don't understand why Nickel doesn't play, but I think Puff being in foul trouble is the reason why uh, Styles played because you also had Baycott and Nance in foul trouble, and you also had R.J. Davis in foul trouble too. So I think you kind of needed somebody like Dunn or Styles to play, and I guess in this game Huber decided to go with Styles. Hopefully Styles sticks around next year. I know there's been a lot of talk on the internet about him transferring – it's going to be sad if he transfers because I do think he's got a lot of potential. I think he could maybe play some major minutes next year. I mean, Carolina really has a lot of players on this team, and they probably have too many. You know what I'm saying? They probably have too many players that can contribute, which is always kind of a problem. And that's probably also the reason why we keep criticizing Hubert about the bench because we look at it and say, hey, there's 13 guys on this team that theoretically could be playing and theoretically could all be contributing. This isn't like – in past years, we had like Stillman White with the scholarship, or like, you know, um, you know Melendez, you know, way back when, you know, or Jonathan Holmes, you know, or somebody like that, you know, that had a scholarship, you know, Will Johnson maybe, although he did play, but you know, still, you know, you had thirteen guys on this team that even Justin McCoy, who at the end of the day is not a great player. I think he can contribute, though. I think he he could give you solid minutes. And I think that's why we kind of criticize Huber a lot this year because he's not playing these guys that we think can contribute. If we had a shitty bench, we wouldn't complain. Like last year, you know, maybe we thought the bench sucked. You know, that was fine. But this year, I feel like the bench is good and he should be playing it more. And let's look at the starters. Baycott, 21 minutes, 1.8 rebounds, 0-4 from the field. I know he was in foul trouble. I know Carolina never really gave him the ball. But he also, his four misses, they were all pretty much layups. I know he got blocked once or twice, but, you know, he also missed a couple of layups. 
this poor stat line is on Baycott. This isn't on the rest of the team for not getting on the ball. I know he only played 21 minutes also because of foul trouble, but at the end of the day, this is definitely on on Baycott for, for not scoring. This is not on the team. I'm not saying they they did the poor job getting on the ball. No, they got him the ball. He just couldn't score, and they kind of gave up on getting him the ball and got hot from three. And now I don't think he's going to win ACC Player of the Year. And it's going to be crazy if he leaves after this year. I still think he comes back next year. I think I think 100% he comes back next year. But it's going to be interesting if he leaves after this year because at this rate, he's not going to have his jersey in the Raptor. You're going to have the all-time leading rebounder and not have his jersey in the Raptors. And I hope it, honestly, I'm okay if it stays that way. I hope they don't decide at the last minute, oh, like, oh we should put him up there. Or, oh, we need to change it to put him up there. No. You have enough jerseys up there. You don't need to make you know, you don't need to make changes to allow other people up there. Let Leave it as it is, you know, and just leave the people up there that are up there. I mean, you also don't have Kennedy and Meeks who, you know, really helped the 2017 team win. You know what I'm saying? Like, just let it, let it be, man. Like, let it, you know, let it happen. Like, I mean, come on. Like, if we change it for him, how many more do we add? You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, like, how many more do we add? So, Anyways, Baycott with a poor game. Uh, Leaky Black, only 33 minutes. I say only 33 minutes because he normally plays a lot more than that. But 33 minutes, possibly his best offensive game of his career. Uh, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 of 4 from 3. This looks like the Leaky Black that we want. I've said before, Leaky Black is kind of like Draymond Green in the fact that he's going to do everything, and sometimes he'll have a big stat night, and sometimes he won't have a big stat night at all, but you'll look at it and go, holy crap, he made a huge difference. And that was him in this game. He played great defense. He was very aggressive on offense. You know, made a few threes. Didn't take any bad threes. Got some rebounds. Got to the lane and scored. You love this game from Leaky Black. And if you can get this kind of game from Leaky Black, you really have to like your chances of winning. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, if Leaky Black can put up these kind of numbers, you truly feel like Carolina can win. Uh, Pete Nance, 37 minutes, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 of 6 from 3. Not a bad game from Pete Nance. Uh, Double-double, which is always nice for him. A couple of assists. Man, he's starting to look pretty good. That's like a couple of games in a row now where he's looking pretty good. Virginia, now Florida State. Maybe he's finally healed up from that back injury. Maybe he's finally found the flow of the offense. Maybe he's finally found the confidence in in his shot. But whatever it is, I've liked what I've seen from Pete Nance these last couple of games. Three of six from three is huge. I'll always say he's not a three-point shooter. You know, he's not Brady Manic. Manic was a three-point shooter. Nance is more of a let me kind of post up, let me work the mid-range, let me kind of, you know, back somebody down. I got a nice hook. I got a nice turnaround. I got a nice fadeaway. That's Pete Nance. Pete Nance is not a – Pete Nance is not a, hey, let me just roam around the perimeter and shoot threes like Brady Manic was. And I really wish Carolina would have figured that out earlier in the year, which is also why I think Pete Nance should have been coming off the bench. But that's just just my theory. Um, <coughs> Caleb Love, 37 minutes, 16 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 of 7 from 3. Not a bad game from Caleb Love. He didn't really make too many stupid mistakes. Made his open threes. Got a couple of rebounds. Got a couple of nice assists. This is the kind of game you want from Caleb Love. You had scouts in the game. You know, obviously they're looking at him. I mean, he's probably – I know we talk about Leakey having the best potential, but let's put it – Let's be realistic. I think all the scouts are looking at Caleb Love. You know, I think he has the most upside on the team. I don't know if he makes the NBA just because he's so erratic, so all over the place, sporadic. 
But, you know, when you break break it down, he does have the most potential on this team. And then you got R.J. Davis, 38 minutes, 19 points, four rebounds, four assists, three of seven from three. Very similar stat line to Caleb Love. Uh, just, you know, had three more points. R.J. Davis is the best scorer on this team. You need him to score right at 20 points for this team to win. If you can get 20 points from R.J. Davis, then this team wins. I would say if you can get 20 points from Caleb Love, but if Caleb Love gets 20 points, there's a good chance it comes off of 20 shots. R.J. Davis gets 20 points. It's probably not going to be off of as many shots. So R.J. Davis kind of moves the offense. R.J. Davis is kind of uh, the engine that runs it, and I like it. I like what this Carolina team's doing. 11-point win at Florida State. Improves a 19-11 and 11 overall. Uh, there are now... Um, 11 and 8 in the conference. One more regular season game left at home against Duke. Senior night. Hopefully they start the walk-ons that are seniors. I really hope Hubert does that. Hope he doesn't just decide to start, you know, Caleb Love and basically the normal starting lineup. But Carolina, pretty much a must win against the hated rival. Man, we don't like to lose a Duke. We definitely don't want to lose a Duke in this game. Let's see if the team can beat him, man. Let's see. Caleb Love usually plays pretty well against Duke, so we'll kind of see what happens. Carolina's played two good games in a row, though. Kind of, uh, you know, I'm kind of hesitant to say that we're going to beat Duke. So we'll see what happens, though. Um, Until next time, Darty's Disciple. I'm Justin. I'll check you later.